Thank you so much, Dr. Heidi. Fantastic. It's so good to be gathered together today and to think a little bit about love and what that means and how that, how that works. And uh, we're going we're gonna to work throughout uh, the, the next couple weeks on, on 1 Corinthians 13. And we're going to read it. We're going to think about it. We're going to quiz on it. We're going to figure it out. And, um, and at the end of the sermon series, I hope that you have a portion of that memorized, especially the first eight verses, because I think that is uh, just something that you can go to. You can reach back when you need a scripture and say, you know what? Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, is not rude. And you put that into your mind's eye and you think about it, meditate on it. And it has a marvelous kind of salutary effect on your soul. And uh, that's, where, uh, that's where we're going. So as we start today, I'm going to invite you to read with me. Let's read together 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 31b. And then there's a test and then we'll push forward. So uh, we're all good. Please join me. And yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Remember where you were the first time you heard that and remembered it. For some of you, you were standing maybe right here and you were getting ready to get married and your knees were knocking and your knees were shaking and you were sweating off your back. And if you got married 30 years ago, the sweat was real because there was no air conditioning in here and you were totally freaking out. It's amazing in this text that what love is, is love is action. Love is not adjectives, love is verbs. Two verbs in the positive, affirmative sense, and then 13 verbs of what love is not. But before we get to that, I've got a little quiz for you. We'll see who's sharp and who did their homework this last week. And the, the prize is a 45-minute sermon <laughs> on patience. Because if you're going to learn patience, what a great way to learn it by sitting in church for an hour and 50 minutes. It'll be great. Come on, love. It's all good. All right, here we go. Question number one. Love is A, a good way, B, a wonderful way, C, the most excellent way, or D, pretty cool. C, the most excellent way. Good. We're batting about 40% on that. So far, so good. How about this? Do you remember the math we did last week? Everything minus love equals A, good self-esteem, B, finally getting my own way, C, God, because every answer in church should be God or Jesus. <laughs> D, nothing. D, everything minus love equals 
nothing, right? If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am nothing. That, that marvelous math is just a great way to, 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 to renew on this scripture text. How about one more? Love, A, is concern for others. B, is a function of vulnerability. C, never fails. D, wants what's best for others. Or E, all of the above. Very good. I'll preach another six minutes and then be done. That'll work out great. It's verbs, though. It's not adjectives. It's, it's, it's not a picture of beautiful hues and butterflies and hummingbirds. It's actions. Love is patient. Love is kind. And then what love is not. And as Paul reflects and, and, and does that, he leads us to a lifestyle, of, a way of doing things, a, a pattern of life and behavior, of talking and speaking and being there with and for another person. This is what love is. And there's two positive verbs in there. Love is patient. Love is kind. And the idea, that idea of love being patient is the idea of, of, of kind of a passive thing. I don't really care how you treat me. I'm going to be patient with you because I love you. And then there's the active piece of that, which is the kindness piece. Kindness in our behaviors, in our actions toward other people. A passive and an active way of loving, loving one another. And then 13 things that describe what love is not. And I love that piece. Love is patient. Different ways to think about how we connect with people. And some of them are, 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 are uh, really brief and quick. We have a transaction with somebody, we do the transaction, we hang out and then we're done with them and they're done with us. That's not love. Love plays a long game. If you've been married for any amount of time, you know exactly how that works. Because the quality of the love of your marriage is different after 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, or 45 years than it is on day one. On day one, you're kind of like, how does that, and what is this, and how do, and if we don't get to eat lunch at my place on this honeymoon, then I'm going to be mad and sulk all day. Brother and sister, you got a long ways to go on being patient. That's all the 50-year-old people laughing. See, love plays the long game. Love is not a sprint. Love is a marathon. Love does not last for a season of life. Rather, love knits the seasons of life together. And we grow older and deeper in our friendships and in our marriages and in the lives we have with our family and friends as the love grows and refines and is strengthened the experiences and challenges of life and having a shared set of experiences is a marvelous, marvelous thing to glue and stick people together. <coughs> love plays the long game. In our community of faith here at St. John's, there's people who've really struggled with children. Families who've looked up and said, I, I wonder where my kid is today. I've got a friend who said, I'm not sure where my boy is, but he's somewhere on a park bench between 4th Street and 1st Street on Tustin Street. Deeply and dearly, those parents love that boy, patient with him, hoping that at some moment he'll turn around, look around, and come back home. See, love plays the long game. You don't raise your kids in 10 minutes and then say, good luck, you're on your own. 
You don't have a relationship or a friendship and say, well, after a year, I'm done. You're a lousy person. I'm, I'm done. Love plays a long game. That's what patience is about. Patience is not for a moment or a season. Patience is for a lifetime. Love is patient. But we grind against that in our culture for sure. I was able to go with the celebration generation to this. This is the first McDonald's ever in San Bernardino. I went out there with them and it's torn down and there's a museum there now. But fast food was invented so that we could eat fast, right? Something that got me in a lot of trouble with my health, eating fast. I probably eat more McDonald's hamburgers than anybody else in this whole church, maybe more than y'all combined. <laughs> I've got, I got a taker in the back. I'm with you, bro. Here we go. <laughs> We invented fast food. What does a McDonald's cheeseburger taste like? Garbage, thank you. I don't know. You eat them fast. What's the nutritional value of a McDonald's hamburger? I don't know. Who cares? The focus is speed, baby, speed. Get in, get out, do your thing, buy your cheeseburger. Here, they're 15 cents a pop. You can eat four of them in 30 seconds and not even taste them. You wolf them down, baby. Because we have some place to go and some things to do, we have a list and a schedule and a calendar, and if we don't move quickly, we might get passed up. And nobody wants to get passed up. And so the McDonald's brothers brought out by Ray Kroc, their, their, their kind of obsessive-compulsive way of making a cheeseburger, five, uh, five dots of mustard, five squirts of ketchup, a pickle, a patty, some onions, and a piece of cheese. Not that I made thousands and thousands of those things in their late 70s. And what do they taste like and what are they good for? I'm not sure. I haven't had one in over 16 months. I can't eat them anymore. They make me sick. And as if this from the 60s, 70s, and 80s wasn't fast enough, we invented this. Now it's a drive-thru. Matter of fact, this kind of new drive-thru was put on the McDonald's out on East Chapman. That's a double-decker drive-thru right there. Because we all know that eating in the car lends itself to quality family time. <laughs> Weren't cars made to be eaten in? I mean, that's what our SUV, our Tahoe, we would go to soccer games, our Tahoe would smell like french fries for a week. We thought it was grass and sweat from soccer players, but it was french fries from McDonald's. It's hard to be patient when you're in a hurry. It's hard to invest and love people when it's on a schedule. You go in, you order your food, you slide your card, they throw the food at you, here's your bag, here's your bag, here's your bag, here's your bag, we're done, we're off. We're not any richer and we're not any deeper for all of the hustle and bustle that we have. A friend of mine, we were out with Friday night, his wife said, we had uh, boys from the high school that we were doing a graduation trip with. And every night when my friends travel, they eat around the table. And the, one of the boys just kind of unconsciously said, this is so bizarre. We never eat around the table at our house. Mom comes home with the food and gives us a bag. And then we go into our room and play video games or do whatever we're going to do, kind of apart. Love is patient. And we live at a time and a context where patience is attacked and assailed. The mantra is, 
I want what I want the way I want it when I want it. And that is the absolute antithesis of patience. Love is patient. Love is kind. And the scripture tells us that God is love. This is how we know love, that God is love. God equals love. God is love. God loves you. God loves humanity. God loves the earth. God loves. Therefore, God has to be patient and God has to be kind. Because I'm telling you, if God were not patient, I would not be here today. Do you ever think of the Old Testament stories, how much span is in between them? From Genesis 1 to Genesis 11 is, is X amount of years, thousands and thousands. And finally, God delivers through Noah. And then from Noah to Jacob, another thousand years or so, maybe even a little more. And, and it's like, where's God? What's he doing? Oh, here he is. Finally, we've got Jacob and Joseph and the whole thing. And then you go from there for 400 years. Where's God and what's God doing? 400 years in Egypt. Are you nuts? And then you go from there to King David and from King David to Jesus. And it's thousands of years. God works patiently with his people. God works patiently with you and me. He doesn't hate us. He's not unkind to us. But he works more like an hourglass than a, than a nanosecond or a, or a stopwatch. God is patient in his love for us. Not wanting us to fall away for him or getting too far ahead of ourselves or getting far ahead of him. And so he sent his son into time and space. Jesus, who, who came across as kind of relaxed. There's a storm and the disciples are freaking out. The boat's taking off water. Jesus is taking a nap. There's 5,000 people that need to eat. And, and Jesus says, why don't you feed them? They said, we only have five fish and two loaves. Jesus said, we'll make this work, no problem. Jesus stops and takes time. He's kind of relaxed and chilling. And I'm not sure that you and me would describe Jesus as relaxed. But it's very seldom that he's in a hurry. And it seems more and more a function of his love for people is taking time to be patient with them. And to be kind. God is kind to us in the person of Jesus, kind. God doesn't come to punish and destroy and beat up. He doesn't come to tell us, I told you so. Rather, he comes to bring release and forgiveness and love in patience and kindness. I think we experience the kindness of Jesus Christ in the community of our family and our church. It should be a mark of who we are as a congregation and as disciples of the Lord Jesus that we mirror the love of God for us. Love is patient. Love is kind. An oyster needs two things to make a pearl. And the first thing is an irritant. And the second thing is time. And with an irritant and time, God can make something beautiful. And I think you know where I'm going with this. Because in your life to grow in patience and love, God will provide both. He will provide an irritant and he will provide time. Some of you may be sitting next to your irritant this morning. And how, how's that going for you? If you could see what I see, you know, yeah. Uh -huh. You see, a pearl isn't necessarily a solid piece, but it's made of layers. Thousands of layers. 
and the layers are secreted over time as the oyster is irritated. You don't have an irritating person or an irritating situation in your life? Send me an email. I've got a list on the database. I can send you a list of irritants. Or are you going through an irritating moment or an irritating season at work? Are you going through an irritating moment with a friend, with a loved one, with a spouse, with a child, with a grandkid? What's going on in your life that's not easy, that's not fun, that's not joyful, that's not pleasant? Because perhaps God is using this time to grow patience and through that patience, love in you. And maybe he's got a pearl growing on your heart that after this season, you'll look and say, wow, that's pretty cool. Love is patient. And it's the irritating times of life through which God grows patience. And love is kind. Patience forbears with the person, kind of divinely puts up with them. And kindness intersects in their lives as we do and participate actively and kindly with good things into the lives of those we love. Love is patient, love is kind. Kindness is active. You see, a person who tells you they love you but are angry and quick rather than patient and kind. I can't tell you all the ways to be kind to the people that you love, but I can give you a couple suggestions as to how to maybe order life in, uh, in our culture to think it through. And the first is to slow down. Slow down. You get to the freeway, the end of the 55 going south, and all the cars are blowing in or even closer to home where the 22 blows into the 55 and where the lane ends just before the people from the 22 blow in and the cement truck has to get over. Don't just let in the cement truck, but let in the minivan behind it. You will not die if you let somebody into traffic like that. And they will look back at you like, what in the world? Slow down. It's really hard to love when we're in a big hurry. So take a deep breath. Maybe this week drive the speed limit on the way to work and get there three minutes later and not nearly as anxious. And then you have a margin to be kind because you're not all amped up from being in such a hurry. Slow down. Secondly, notice people. Jesus was super good at that. Everywhere he went, he noticed people. You realize those first two pieces, there's not really a, 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 a piece of scripture that says, and Jesus quickly moved, and then Jesus moved with urgency, and Jesus was anxious, and Jesus was upset, and Jesus was late. The only time that you could even say that Jesus was late, he went to Mary and Martha, and he raised up Lazarus from the dead. So if he's going to be late, he's still going to make it great. Or maybe it's just late for us, not late for him. But he had a marvelous way of noticing people. 
He's in a crowd being pushed upon and a lady touches his garment and he turns around and he notices the lady and she's healed immediately. He says, who touched me? She says, I did. Jesus says, I know. There's a blind guy sitting by the gate. Everyone walks by him, throws a couple pennies his way every day. Jesus stops and engages with him for a whole chapter of John's gospel. Jesus noticed him. Jairus' daughter, Lazarus, on and on, wherever Jesus goes, he slows down enough to notice people and bids us, calls us in love to do the same. It's really hard to notice people when we're moving a million miles an hour. And finally, there's the kindness of forgiving people. To remove from them the responsibility of the pain they inflict upon us. That's forgiveness. To release them from the responsibility and the anger that we have and let it go. But they didn't, but I need, and they didn't say, and I didn't. Right. Unhook and let it go. In our homes and in our families, that may be the biggest piece that needs to happen is that piece of forgiveness. We live in an increasingly eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, you get what you deserve, world and culture. And so Christians who slow down, notice people, forgive under the umbrella of love, make an incredible impact in home, in family, in friendships, in recreation, in jobs, in church, in politics, in every avenue of life, you become the salt of the earth and the light of the world that Jesus spoke of because everybody else is too busy to love. But love is patient. And love is kind. And what if St. John's and all her people relaxed just a bit? But Pastor Bob's gone and Randy's gone and now Pastor Nathan's gone. We'll be all right. That's the leader of the church. That's his likeness right there. His name is Jesus. We'll be okay. What if in that time of relaxing a little bit and creating a margin, if everybody who came into contact with St. John's Orange was loved? And our congregation was known for that. Not that our worship services were 59 minutes and at 60 the pastor exploded and we were done. Not that Bible studies began and ended perfectly on time, but that there was margin for people to connect. After service today, we were done at 9.01 with 29 minutes to hang out. At about 20 after, I thought, man, it's got to be 10 o'clock. What's going on? And I'm like, wait a minute. You just preached on patience. What is your problem? Right? Because taking time to slow down and notice people is an act of love. And what if our reputation in the community was one of being kind? That when we intersected with people and met their needs, our reputation was kind. They weren't the most organized people, but goodness gracious, it was great to have them around. They were the kindest people in the world. What did they do? Everything we asked. It was insane. Even their eighth graders were wonderful. Wow. What if that's what our church was known by? And what if we gave ourselves this next season of kind of figuring out organization and structure and budgets and positions and job descriptions and all that stuff. 
What if we gave ourselves the rest of this summer and this fall to create some margins for love? That we slowed down, that we noticed, that we forgave, and that the impact of that would, see, would be that people see Jesus in and through us. Love is patient. Love is Amen. Amen. Join me in prayer. It's so good to be together, Lord. A place of love, a place of grace, a place of patience. Bless those who are just struggling with that idea of patience. Marriage, raising a kid, a grandkid on the run, decisions in life, decisions in business, all of those things that create great irritation. Grant us patience in that and to see your loving hand guiding and leading in all of those avenues of life. Life is not drive-through. Life is sit-down dinner with Jesus as the host. So bless us with that opportunity to slow, to notice, and to forgive. All this we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.